0: Hello, everybody, welcome to the episode 11 of Take It EV. Today's episode is all about charging. Charging is, of course, an ongoing subject in the land of electrified transportation. A little teaser I actually have an interview with a person working in the industry later on in this podcast, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I'll be speaking about other practical matters related to charging. The information provided is based on charge uh, chats I had, uh, with uh, people working in the industry, so hopefully this will be very insightful.
1: Well, I, I do have an issue with punctuality, I I'm admit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's talk about public charging infrastructure. As you may know, if you have been driving an EV for a while, there are several companies out there who specialise in finding out and installing charging points at locations. These range from destination charging to rapid charging. The destination charger is basically the type of a charger mostly installed at, a, at car parks and uh, on the streets. Your typical home charger unit will also qualify as a destination charger. Standard destination charger can output about 7 kilowatts. Uh, they are often overlooked when travelling long distances due to the slow speeds of charging up to 22 uh, kilowatts generally this gets very complicated because most cars cannot accept more than 7 kilowatts from a destination charger so you may ask why are they overlooked i think this stems from the legacy car sort of use of uh, mindset whereby you jump in uh, drive to a destination say 400 miles without stopping and go about your day the uh, the new ev owners would like to replicate this uh, sort of behavior and uh, and drive in the same way However, with the especially with the low-range cars, especially, uh, you'll find that traveling long distances is often a bit more involved. You know, planning, etc. Instead, I actually found it more enjoyable and relaxing to plan my trips around destination charges. You'll often find these at shopping centers and town car parks, where you can just stop for uh, for an hour or so, uh, explore, um, you know, have lunch, and just uh, take it easy. Obviously, that's not for everybody. But I highly recommend uh, at least trying to do that every so often instead of just going from A to B as quickly as possible. Next one is the uh, the obvious one, the rapid charger. Typically located at service station or uh, or somewhere in a in a little car park, these are uh, DC uh, chargers with long thick cable. Uh, the charging speeds are much higher, starting at about fifty kilowatts and upwards. Um, I could go into technical details why. So much faster, but let's just uh, leave that for a for another episode. Uh, new, new rapid chargers are popping up everywhere these days, and uh, we need more and more of them around. However, they are tricky and very expensive to install. Charging your car on a rapid charger when out and about is also not necessarily good for the state of health of your uh, vehicle battery. Uh, but more on that uh, later as well. So the uh, the charging market is actually growing quite rapidly. Uh, the charging providers often keep their numbers close to the vest, of course, but it's clearly a rapidly growing industry, and we will only continue to see more and more charges popping up in different places around the uh, the country, and indeed the world. The growth and expansion of the uh, the charging infrastructure is tightly uh, coupled to the BEV sales, and especially in the last half a year or year and a half, sorry, with the uh, the number of EVs being sold in the UK growing rapidly. Especially after the the Model 3 became available here in the UK in, uh, in around September, we've seen a large number of uh, charging points being installed around. When I got my uh, EV back in 2015, uh, people often uh, questioned the uh, electrification of transportation. Where now we are talking a completely different game. Uh, you know, the question is how many more charging points actually we need instead of uh, uh, asking. Uh, do we need them at all? Um, it's uh, it's a really exciting uh, business to be in. Uh, you know, I think in about five years' time, it will most definitely be a huge industry. But at the same time, we have to remember that the um, the thing that is currently restricting the growth of EVs is simply the supply of cars. Uh, many car manufacturers are finally waking up to electrification, eventually releasing their first EV to the market. From the information provided to me, it's clearly. It's clear that uh, the vast majority of the charging infrastructure is underutilized, meaning that we simply have more chargers there uh, than there's, there's demand for. This is, of course, an average across the country, so it's clear that the 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 constraint is elsewhere. Understandably, transitioning to the electrified lineup of vehicles is very hard. Uh, since it means virtually a paradigm shift in terms of the the manufacturing, sales, and servicing of, uh, of of electric vehicles, is com- is completely different compared to the old ways. But if you look look at the um, the shifts uh, likes of VW Group have made, it's clearly possible. It's clear to me that market forces will not uh, make it happen on their own, and an external push is definitely required. Whether it's a massive fine polluting, for polluting uh, or just a uh, simply Regu- a reg- a regulatory change requiring a sales of uh, zero uh, emissions vehicles. Let's be uh, very honest about it. Uh, the free market economy does not always work in our favor. Some of those car manufacturers uh, will definitely uh, become quite uh, truly legacy car makers and just uh, fade away into the uh, the history. Of course, if you uh, if you've been evol- involved w- with EVs in any way, you're met with two questions. How far does it go and how long does it take to charge? The the first one has become a pretty much solved problem. The vast majority of, uh, of newly released vehicles today will travel at least 200 miles on a single charge, um, with some exceptions, of course. Um, just a reminder, though, to travel 200 miles will take roughly about four hours, whilst possible, it's not uh, advisable to drive for more than, say, two, three hours without stopping. So most people will stop uh, every 100, 250 miles on a long journey anyway, in which case a car with a 200-mile range uh, battery would be plenty enough for such missions. Um, The second one, of course, how long does it take to charge, is ultimately the wrong question to ask. It's a long question to ask because it's a combustion engine frame of mind sort of a question. Uh, We all have this romantic notion about cars, uh, indeed, you know, enforced often by totally ludicrous uh, marketing campaigns, that our vehicles are mobile objects. One of the main reasons we pass our driving tests and get ourselves in cars is to gain the sense of freedom, and this is all, you know, obviously great. The ability to be anywhere at any point on our own terms, but ultimately cars are actually stationary objects that occasionally move. Uh, whilst the car is stationary, uh, which is about eight, sort of over 90% of the the car's uh, usable lifetime, your car can be and should be plugged in, usually at home, uh, but could also be plugged in into the charger at your destination, the destination charger. Uh, we have spoken already about the home charging and the, the work which has been done to uh, to model the impact of the uh, the charging on the electrical grid. If you've missed it, have a listen to my interview with lovely uh, Jill Noel in the episode number 10 of, uh, of the best EV podcast out there in the world. Take it EV, of course. Uh, quite a lot of us uh, commute in our cars to work It's one of the main reasons we buy a car at the end of the day. It gives us ability to commute for work to places we would have never been able to reach otherwise. Interestingly enough, uh, workplace charging is still one of the most underdeveloped sectors of EV charging infrastructure. However, I'm pretty certain that uh, with the growth of the number of EVs on the roads, eventually this will change. It has to. Uh, We pollute the air massively during our commutes in in, in internal combustion engine cars. Not to mention that the uh, the fuel expenses are quite often a large chunk of our un- outgoings for those for those of us commuting to work on daily basis. Of course the uh, the commute is quite often a very stressful situation with many people driving much more aggressively and taking much more risks uh, during that drive. This of course massively increases again the uh, the fuel consumption, which again translates to a much larger bill. Once, say, an average uh, Joanne public gets uh, wind of the second-hand EV that can uh, cover the commute for cheap, uh, and all of a sudden workplaces, I think, will be inundated with the questions about charging uh, destination charges at work. After all, it's an excellent opportunity to market yourself, uh, your business, as a green and sustainable business. We, of course, do need many on the route uh, chargers and I'm looking forward to the, uh, the future where whereby every local petrol station has at least one if not two rapid chargers installed. Uh, we are already seeing the transformation in the markets uh, with many uh, stations having at least one rapid charger uh, in their forecourts. We do need them to be able to, to sort of travel long distances but um, an average pencil done, does not uh, go more than say 200 files, uh, 250 miles a day. Apologies. Um, we need we need more of those and we need them to be reliable that's a, a totally different subject of the uh, of course and but i have discovered that uh, there are quite few um very popular networks out there whose charging points are failing quite consistently uh, during my travels and i know what you're thinking but uh no uh it's all about the of course it, it's all growing pains and i'm sure it will be sorted out um uh, pretty soon uh not going to mention names here but the uh, let's just say that one of those companies is actually uh, you know probably most failing one the uh, it has been recently purchased by a, an oil production giant uh, you know one of the most world uh, largest polluters the, uh, the the rivalry in the, in the rapid charging market is, is a subject for another rant but let's just say that uh, once the company surpasses a certain number of charging points and their age starts to show they all fail equally the same. The interesting thing about the uh, the rapid chargers is that your typical 50 kilowatt uh, charger has been designed with about 25 to 35 kilowatt hour battery in mind. Uh, these were designed you know with uh, with about 30 minute charging time in mind. however, quite a lot of, a lot of existing infrastructure is still only capable uh, of up to. 50 kilowatt uh, charging speeds, but the battery sizes in in BEVs sold today have doubled or even tripled compared to your average car sold, you know, four years ago. Uh, this creates a, a, an interesting issue that I found myself firsthand when driving the uh, the Kia niro uh, for a few weeks. I actually ended up stopping more often. But for less time uh, on my cross-country travels, essentially topping up the car up to uh, to, to keep up the, the state of charge, sort of somewhere in the middle, uh, upper, you know, uh, 70 percent. On the other hand, of course, we are seeing an increasing number of new owners occupying the uh, the rapid charges to get the absolute top hundred percent of of charge, which again is probably a, a subject for another episode. Uh, but just don't do that. Um, charging you know the the charging most certainly is an ongoing theme in this podcast and will be in the future so w- once we stop hearing about the uh, these two questions being asked uh you know how long does it take to charge and how much uh, uh, how far can you travel we will indeed reach the uh, the transitioning point until such time we do have to keep educating people who never owned or even test drove an electric car about the uh, these sort of uh, things and indeed, make them realise that these uh, are fundamentally wrong questions to ask. Uh, we will have to change the way we think about cars in the future, and this is just one of those points indicating that, the, uh, that there is a need to change. If you ask most average uh, person on the street, most of them, they never consider even test driving an EV, or, or even uh, you know ha- having access to such a test drive, which is uh, ultimately the problem. So the, the most significant factor in people's decision making is seeing others doing something in a way that uh, they haven't uh, thought about. Um, once we hit the point where, at which your neighbour will look at uh, you charging every morning and happily leaving for work uh, and then they will find out that it does not require much maintenance and it's quick and pleasant to drive, uh, they might look into it. And when they realize that the um, these are very cheap to operate we will most certainly see the shift in the ev adoption we are still at the point where people owning evs are like pilots or brain surgeons we don't uh, have to ask them about uh, about the you know whether they drive an ev they will tell you we do like to self identify or at least majority of us however uh, we are still being perceived as as by many as weirdos uh just like a you know brain surgeon or a pilot uh, you do have to realise that the vast majority of public again has never even sat in an electric car, never mind driving one. It's really stru- staggering, really, but yeah, it's uh, true as well. So uh, I hope it's clear now that uh, why, in my opinion, answering these two questions instead of challenging them, uh, or challenging the very mindset that leads um, people to ask them, is the uh, the potential issue. But let's get back to the uh, the charging. Uh, later on in the episode, again, uh, my guest will hopefully shed some light on the reasons why public charging is expensive, especially compared to your household cost, costs. This is especially true in case of the uh, the rapid chargers. Quite a lot of uh, on on street charging points also cover your parking fee whilst charging, which is of course separate from the cost of the uh, the you know the charging kits, installation, maintenance, and electric. Yet uh, it will shock you to find out that virtually no one is making money from the charging. It's an intriguing realization, but if you imagine that an average rapid charger in the UK is used only once a day, again on average, it will become obvious, um, especially once you are uh, once you find out how much it actually costs to install one. But that's uh, that's to be revealed later on in this podcast. Tum tum tum. It the, the the pub the the charging companies are all about. Uh, you know, slicing their own piece of the pie, so to speak, uh, at the moment. Uh, you know, for the times when the the average utilisation is going to be much higher in the future. Of course, the utilisation is also clustered, as you can imagine. It peaks when people are driving, and and of course it depends on the geolocation. You know, some chargers will be uh, very busy during certain times of uh, uh, times of the day or times of the week, whereas others are going to be consistently used. Uh, you know, others will be say like uh, you know if you imagine a a, a rapid charger at a pub might be only used a, a couple times a day and it will be very busy sort of during the sort of uh, midday uh, weekends. Uh, the the pricing, um, which is another another great subject, also depends on the the site utilization at the peak. Uh, you know, if it's too low or even free, it will attract loads of free handers and squatters. And we see too too many of them. Uh, if it's too high, it will prevent preventing people from traveling through that site. We also have uh, to remember that uh, rapid charging is supposed to be occasional, and uh, those you know, uh, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that the 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 price of a rapid charger per kilowatt hour will be and should be much higher than your average house co- uh, cost per kilowatt hour for the same amount of electricity. I see way too many people are up in arms when a network charges say 50, 35 pence per kilowatt hour, but um, it's it's really you know it's really the true cost of the uh, the the network operation. The uh, uh, there are some networks out there who try to undercut the uh, uh, the competition on the cost of charging, but I think it's only possible because of their uh, their massive uh, corporations backing them. Uh, quite often, uh, uh, those corporations are actually you know. Uh, dirty all oil polluting owners uh that are trying to clean up their um their sort of image and I could go on around here as well but uh, uh let's just not go there ultimately we should all think about a rapid charger as the uh on route top up charger uh so this episode is already getting a bit long but I do hope you find my findings and thoughts rather interesting again sort of these aren't just my thoughts i've th- i've i've spoke to quite a few people working in the industry who sort of shared these uh these insights um with me which was very fascinating um i have not gotten into the subject of paying for rapid charging uh so let's just uh, sort of uh graze that uh, i i i do find it rather bonkers in this day and age that you cannot pay for most of the charges out there using just your contactless uh Although it you know it seems to be slowly changing mainly due to the uh, um, the again regulatory pressure many networks in the past would require you to order a special card or even charge their own you know charge using their own app uh, or even worse a web app uh, virtually every single one of those things are just awful as a user experience and I think they ha- they actually hinder mass EV adoption but if you if you, uh, but I'm sure it wouldn't shock you uh, to realize that the uh, the data is actually a, a very valuable commu- uh, commodity, and by having a unique RFID card or uh, or a, or an app, a charging network is able to track your um, or the customer's uh, trends and behaviors, and quite often sell that quite volu- valuable information to companies who are actually interested in gathering such data. But again, that's a, that's a completely separate rant so uh, let's uh, let's not get into the uh, the subject of ease of use of these uh, for those of us who are not interested in, in having say 10 RFID cards uh, or another 10 apps on your phones just to be able to tra- travel freely uh, I do think that uh, this is a massive hindrance on EV adoption and I often meet EV owners uh, and this this is probably shocking who have never actually used a rapid charger in their lives or uh, you know if they just visit one that's local and they know how to use it but they would never venture on somewhere else just in case they they stumble upon a new one and it will take them half an hour to even figure out how it works um so i do think that uh by not having a contactless charger uh, 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 or uh, sorry contactless uh, uh, pay point these uh, these uh, these, uh, uh charging points are actually discouraging mass EV adoption. I actually do look forward to the days when uh, the only way we can pay for upper charger uh, and the destination chargers is using our own card, and the price is flat for everyone regardless of whether you've paid for a subscription, top-up to using a virtual cards in a cloud or some other bizarre solution. After all, we are already driving the future car technology. So... We should really expect our networks to be super easy to use, and in the future, on or indeed now. All right. Uh, hopefully that uh, that wasn't too long. Uh, enough, you know, of that. Um, let's take a very short break, and after the break, we'll feature an interview with uh, Steve Forster.
1: Question I asked her was, Do you ever think about electric cars? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, everybody, uh, here's the moment we've all been waiting for. Uh, here's uh, my interview with uh, Steve
1: Forrester. Enjoy. First, I'm, I'm Steve Forrester, I'm a, I'm a county councillor in Hampshire, and I'm also responsible for the public sector business at genie But I'm doing this just as a, a private individual. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, there's there's three types of basic charging, there's um, slow, fast and rapid. Um, the slow is a normal three pin plug, that's dead for cars really. <laughs> fast is what you do, typically home charging and workplace charging, perfect for that, but with some of the new cars it'll take you overnight to get a full charge. Yep. Um, it's not really ideal for what we call destination charging or en route charging, where you want to stop and get a charge in your car, much like you would stop and fill up with petrol. Um, and then you've got rapid charging, which effectively is the EV equivalent of uh, of a petrol station. Um, although it's not as quick as a petrol station at the <laughs> moment, but it will be in a few years' time.
0: Okay. And how how popular are these?
1: Yeah, there's <laughs> um, there's a need for uh, for rapid charges so that if if, you, if you've if you been driving a long distance or you don't have the ability to charge at home or you've just forgotten you pop into a rapid charger and uh, in half an hour you can get sort of 80% of a full charge enough to maybe do a couple of hundred miles something like that um, there's about 2,000 rapid charges around the country which when you think that there's about 9,000 petrol stations sounds a bit reasonable Yeah. however each petrol station has about on average 8 to 10 pumps so, ultimately, there's a need for a lot more of these. Yeah. And yeah. that's why the business we're in, we're putting in another couple of thousand uh, over the next five years or so. Um, pretty much most of the major locations that you, you'd you look for one, you'll find a rapid charger now. Um, and they're, they're really starting to appear everywhere.
0: Okay. How does it work out? So, let's say I have a pub in... And village in my local village and I'm an AV owner or I you know an, an AV enthusiast and obviously it's a good business because you have people here for half an hour they're okay. gonna pop in to at least have a drink uh, or if not they're gonna go into the loos and gonna see your menus and they might be like thinking oh mm-hmm. this is a nice pub I'll come here with my family next week um,
1: are these sort of your typical businesses or do you have to approach uh, how does it work like that uh, the Rapid charges are appearing all over the place at the moment, a lot of them are being uh, are being implemented in the sort of places you don't really want to go to or don't want to be at. And Genie's model is one of having the best charges in the best locations, and that Genie experience is really important. We we approach a lot of the um, the restaurant chains, the drive-throughs, um, different establishments, councils, etc., um, with an offer that. Um, that they quite like. If they were to put in slow chargers, it probably cost them about 500 to 1,000 pounds for a slow charger or fast charger. But for a rapid charger, the investment for a, a couple of rapid charges is heading towards 100,000 pounds. We don't ask them to do that. We'll fund that. We'll carry the risk. We'll do all the works. And uh, our model and a couple of other companies in the, in, in the the uh, in the market, will do that at sites that meet their criteria uh, and uh, and then operate them um, over a 10 or 20 year period. Okay,
0: so, the, so they're going to be here for at least say a couple of years, they're not going to disappear quickly.
1: They're going to be there for <laughs> 10, 20 years certainly. Um, this market is growing really rapidly because I think you're probably aware the, um, the government has decided that petrol vehicles and diesel vehicles are going to be discouraged and uh, won't be allowed to be sold after 2040. We actually think there's a likelihood that'll be brought forward if the various car manufacturers can produce enough electric vehicles. They get their business out of their uh, bottoms basically. I wouldn't (laughs) say that, yes. (laughs) Some of the car companies have done a really good job of bringing EVs to market. Tesla for instance, BMW, Audi and the whole Volkswagen group now are are really cranking up the volume and you'll see a flood of, of cars coming on the market in the next year or two Um, some companies that were probably early in the market uh, like Nissan and Renault are doing a reasonable job um, and certainly bringing out better vehicles Uh, one that really uh, really interests me is one that's got it wrong I think and that's Toyota Um, they they pretty much started the plug-in well the hybrid market yeah but um, advertising self charging hybrids to my mind is a complete and utter farce.
0: Oh, yeah, I have to do an episode on, on self charging because the, uh, the amount of questions that I get from family and friends about self charging is just immense. And
1: I had to obviously set the record straight, but the um, so they're no longer asking me, but the uh, but. It's, it's, it's a joke, basically. It's a it is. They can have self-charging power supplies at home if they put a generator in. <laughs> exactly. That's all it is. Um, so, go- going back to the rapid chargers, uh, do you guys manufacture these yourself, or are these a third party... And Genie's um, units are eVolt units made in Spain.
0: Okay. For us. What I like about them is that, the A, they take the contactless, uh, so you don't need to have a special card for them, which is mm. always very nice. Um, and B... You can charge two cars at the same time. Although these, I think these units we have in front of us, they just do AC and CHAdeMO or CCS. That's right, yes. It Um, it
1: depends on the power available at a particular site. We started um, a model when we were piloting uh, three years ago uh, with contactless, uh, which we see as the way forward. Uh, We're really pleased that the government has now said that all charges have to be contactless but ours have always taken uh any debit card any credit card mastercard or visa um, apple pay android pay you can use your apple watch for it um, we just want to make it really simple so there's no membership or subscription yeah it's a, and we think that's the way the market should go yeah i'm not I'm
0: gonna like um <coughs> the two things I, I haven't seen too many of these in kent um mm-hmm. but i've seen them in midlands a couple of years ago uh in sainsbury's yeah and i love i love the fact that i could turn up and somebody else was charging it was a bigger unit than this i could plug myself in and and still plug and still be charging even though the person next to me is charging it's just brilliant like you know what i know the all the electronics is in there if there's like you say if there's a supply of three-phase Why not? Because they they probably have enough
1: bits for CCS and CHAdeMO at the same time,
0: why not just utilise that?
1: Our (laughs) our chargers can charge any car, whether it's a Tesla, Renault Zoe, uh, a Nissan, an Audi, BMW, Jaguar, really doesn't matter, they'll all all work with ours because we've got all three connectors. There are three standards in the UK at the moment. Um, Some other vendors have only got one uh, one connector, maybe two and we think that's wrong because it means you're immediately limiting who can who can use your sites.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't understand people who this this certain that was shall remain nameless. who only have CCS and uh, in the long uh, run maybe, but you know, I drive in Nissan Leaf. There's mm-hmm. plenty of them in the UK on the, in the second-hand market. They're not going to be able to use CCS chargers, so why, no, and that's why a, bother? That's a
1: really good car, and it uses the uh, the Chadimo, the Japanese standard. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a fantastic because you can buy a used EV for about £6,000. Yeah. Yeah, the running costs of, a, of an EV are fantastic. Um, depending on what you're running, it probably works out on, on fuel, mm. on electricity, between 2 and 10p mile yeah whereas for diesel or petrol you're talking about two to three times that yeah and the uh, apart from
0: the uh, um, tesla owners whenever i speak to an ev owner who had the car for three four years and i ask them have you had anything going wrong with this car pretty much everyone says no, i
1: just had to change the other tires washer fluids and that's pretty much it yeah the maintain- <laughs> maintenance bills are so low my first um, full electric car was a bmw i3 I did sixty thousand miles in it, and uh, I didn't have to do anything. I mean, it, it, the, the service was a, a car wash, basically. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Um, the, the only thing that's missing uh, over the rapid chargers, I have to say, is a canopy. When it's raining, snowing, that's the only thing that I'm missing. Uh, 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 you know, if I can, if I can say to all the um, mm-hmm. uh, suppliers of uh, people who provide networks or provide chargers out there just put a canopy over us? <laughs> I, th- I think you're right, that would
1: that would be a help but there's a reason for that um, you need planning permission and generally the councils won't give planning permission for canopies um, much is the same way you can't just put a bus shelter anywhere you want okay. or a phone box um, they view them as um, although they're useful uh, they're not pretty True. So, uh, so it's a planning permission constraint if I had a pub and wanted to have one of them, just a mm. Yeah, me I mean, from from our viewpoint and a couple of the other manufacturers, I think it's important to, uh, to, to look at whether it's going to benefit the, uh, the location that you're at. Yeah. Um, and if you think it will, if you want the extra time someone might be there to attract someone who's got an EV to your site or just provide a service to, uh, to your drivers, then drop a company like Ngini or, or one of the others that's in the market Drop them in an email and say you're interested in, in finding out what they'll do.
0: What if you live in a town that's just um, and you have you say you're commuting certain distance and you would love for a, one of these to be sort of halfway through, but you don't know who to approach? Can you still you know talk to one of the companies and ask them would you consider or is it who, who's or do you guys petition any other businesses to put them in or is it just businesses approaching you?
1: Um, How does it work? Yeah, what what we do is we approach a lot of um, major businesses across the UK with multiple sites. Um, So we're looking to find companies with multiple sites or councils, public sector is really important, um, that we can engage with and and install multiple sites. Like the deal we've just done with with Marston's, that means all 400 Marston's will eventually have uh, EV charges at, at every one of their restaurant sites. Um, like the one we're sitting at at the moment and it's a really nice facility that today has brought 20 odd, uh, odd, odd pe- sets of people out to have lunch and while they're having lunch they can charge their car. Mm. Um, if anyone wants to do that they, um, they can contact uh, the companies that uh, that provide the, the fully funded chargers um, and ask for consideration. Uh, then it's whether it, it meet their criteria and yeah. whether there's an available power. That's a really important thing. Okay,
0: so you have to be close to like a three phase uh, major line. Yeah, I'm you've got
1: to be close to a, a, a mains grid connection um, because that's one of the expensive things. And um, if if you're not uh, well sighted it can cost an awful lot of money. Yeah, you don't want to do
0: that. Um, can I ask you because it's it's a bit of a not point of contention, but it 's always like the number one question that people ask about the rapid chargers. Why are they more expensive than your house charging
1: one of the con- one of the reasons is the investment. Um, if you want to put a charger into your house, it costs five hundred pounds. If you want to put a rapid charger in, it costs around fifty
0: thousand oh, I thought it was like um, about ten thousand but well wow. <laughs> yeah uh, by the time
1: you 've got the grid connection and the groundworks and everything involved it, it's it 's certainly north of twenty five typical cost will be thirty-five pounds to £50,000 pounds for one charger. Wow. Um, so you've got to get a return on that investment um, but it's a considerable cost. Also, the government at the moment charges 20% VAT on public charging. Only 5% VAT I think it is on domestic charging. So uh, the government's got to make some money for all the petrol and diesel it's not selling.
0: Yeah, I've heard that they're not very good at um, incentivizing EVs at the moment in certain
1: parts of the... (laughs) I mean, we've we've been very lucky. We we work with um, with some uh, councils and government departments and uh, a few of them are very forward-thinking and and doing some good things, but there's a number that aren't. You're quite right. Yeah. So,
0: last question. Like, going back to the sort of businesses installing these, um, if I was a business owner that was kind of not sure, like, whether I should have one of these in my, you know, par- uh, car park or whatever, um, what what is the sort of, what is the message that, you know, you would say, what is your, like, advice to them? Um, people, Let's just say I have a pub in the area that, you know, they don't, they don't have an experience with EV. I'm just an EV owner. I'm not going to yeah. tell them too much. But, you know, like, if there's one thing that could potentially... Um, benefit them? Like, what,
1: what, what would it be about having one of these? Um, it's delivering an extra service to your customers or if you're a council, to your residents. Um, if you don't do it, then I think you'll miss the market because one of the things, as I was saying earlier on, it's about getting the power, the grid connection. Those companies that do it today will have the connection. A company down the road that doesn't do it today will therefore lose the connection, because there's only so much capacity in terms of the number of rapid chargers that you can have. Um, So those that are forward-thinking will end up attracting those uh, drivers that are driving EVs. And that will be pretty close to 100% of the market within 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah, well, just to be sure, we're not talking about the fact that the the grid's gonna run out. We're talking about the fact that um, if there's a rapid charger here and there's another one two miles down the road, you know. You're not going to invest 50 grand in the charger two miles down the road
1: because you already have one here, so... That, that <laughs> might be the case and uh, equally if you put one in here and your, your, your competitor next door um, wants to put one in and you've grabbed the grid uh, for the area from the local substation, then you've got it and he hasn't and he can't <laughs> get it. Um, you're absolutely right, there's a lot of misinformation about running out of power. We're not going to run out of power. There's so much decrease in use of electricity because of things like LED lights and more efficient technology um, that there, there will be enough uh, electricity, especially as we're moving more and more of the UK supply to sustainable and renewable electricity like uh, solar and wind. Um, so availability of power isn't isn't going to be a constraint. It's availability of the cars. And I would say to anyone who, who is wondering about it, the most important thing to do as a first step is actually go to a local dealer or talk to someone you know who's got an EV and actually drive one. Yeah. Because everyone I know who's tried an EV loves them.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how many people who've never driven one, they've seen one but never driven one, have so much to say about them.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Get out there,
0: try it you'll probably want one as a result <laughs> yeah yeah well i certainly was one of them so <laughs> anyway
1: i'll i i do not have any more questions unless you want to no that's great th- really enjoyed chatting to you. <laughs> right. thank you
0: thanks very much all right uh i would like to thank steve for uh, for appearing on takey tv i hope you did enjoy this um he certainly has a lot of knowledge and information that you know i hope i hope is uh is fascinating to all of us um and uh, that's it uh, for the episode 11. Hope you enjoyed it. I would like to thank my one and only patron, Dean. Thank you, buddy. And I shall see you next time. As always, uh, follow us on Take It Evie on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Take It Leave us a massive five star glowing review, and uh, just you let me know what you think. See ya. Take it, EV. The following was a presentation of Take It, EV Podcast. All rights reserved. This podcast contains our own opinions. Hosts and guests make no guarantee to the accuracy, relevancy, completeness and suitability of the information provided. All information provided on as-is basis. No refunds.